Welcome to the house. We hope this podcast blesses you and encourages you. Enjoy. I am really overwhelmed with being here tonight. Um, I'm really excited. And I think just being able to worship with you guys and be with people means a lot to me. I know um, I'm such a people person, so this type of stuff really fuels me. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Nikki, and I'm super excited to be here tonight. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Danny, thank you for creating a space that where we can worship, but also just have honest and real conversations. Um, I think that's what I love about the heart behind this is that we can be honest, we can worship together, and we can also talk about the fact that we're all in a season when we talk about may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations like that those type of songs we're talking about generations and like even the time we're living in i wonder how many people prayed over our generation and well here we are 2020 and it's like she can go we're done with 2020 she needs to start actually who cares where she is we don't even want her over at the party anymore she's done um but it 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 really fills up my spirit to see so many of you guys on here and worshiping and being free you guys don't mind, I'm going to play some worship in the background before I get started. I have my little um, worship playlist. If anyone wants it, DM me. I'll send you the link. Um, so I wanted to jump in. If you don't know me, you're going to know that I am, or you're going to find out tonight that I'm pretty goofy and I like to declare God's goodness and his truth, but I also like to have a good time. So by a raise of hands, how many of y'all want to have a good time tonight? Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Hands. Everyone's hands are up. Um, So yeah, I wanted to talk specifically tonight. This is the title of the sermon. Stillness in the season of, no, being still in the season of stillness, isolation, division, sickness, shutdown, loneliness, unfamiliarity, and confusion. I know that's not a heavy title at all, but that's what we're going to do into this, uh, this evening. And the reason why I feel like I am talking about this tonight is because it has taken everything in me this season to be still. I am very, again, anyone that knows me knows that I am not a very still person. Like even when I'm not doing something, I have to be doing something. I have to be talking to people. I have to be somewhere. I feel like that type of stuff, at least before this quarantine, was something that fueled me. And I think from some people that I know on here, a lot of us operate like that. A lot of us operate and being comfortable being busy because being busy means productivity. Like that means you're being productive. That means God is using you. It's so evident. Oh my gosh, I saw that you're here, here, and here. Or I see that you're doing this, this, and this. And to us, I think sometimes as humans, it fills us up to know that we're doing big things. One of the biggest compliments I think people like thrive on is when someone's like, oh, I see that you're doing big things. Like what does big things mean? What, what does that really mean? You know what I mean? So in this season of having to be still of isolation. We're living in this season where so many different factors are here. They're present and you can't run from them. So I kind of wanted, before we dive into some of this stuff that I was thinking about, I wanted to pray and then we're just going to get in, we're going to get right into it. So let's go ahead and bow our heads. (sighs) Father God, we're so grateful for your spirit. We're so grateful for the way you move. We're so grateful for 
a virtual place where we can come on an evening and just feel like we belong somewhere, feel like we can look at these squares with different people's faces and feel not so alone, not feel so divided, not feel so so isolated, Father. God, I ask that tonight you would speak. I ask that tonight you would open someone's heart to receive what you have for them. Father, I just pray that someone would feel encouraged tonight um, and that they would know that they have a community of people that are walking this thing out with them, Father. We love you and we honor you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I was asking Danny when I came on here tonight, and I love doing the interaction thing with people. So since we already got the hand warmed up, I'm going to kind of just get us into the theme of what I want to talk about tonight. Okay, so by a show of hands, how many of you guys are over this lockdown? Okay, some of you guys. Um, I am asked that because, for example, I'm an extrovert and my sister's an introvert. And she lives, like she's thriving in this quarantine. She can be alone in her little space. No one bother her. In fact, sometimes she's like, hey, just come and check on me because sometimes I get too comfortable in there. Meanwhile, every morning I have to be like, hey, what are you doing in here? Like, you want to watch a movie? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go downstairs and by myself. And I have to, I feel like I am one week into this quarantine and I was like, I'm going to die. I can't handle this. I'm going to die. So I feel like it's different for everyone. And you're totally allowed to be like, I love this quarantine. Um, how many of you guys have gained weight during this quarantine? Have we? Okay. Some of y'all are like, no, I don't gain weight. You're lying. Um, number three, how many of you guys have been able to do something you weren't able to do before quarantine, whether that's travel or hang out with someone or do, I don't know, try something. Okay. Um, and then kind of just digging a little bit deeper. How many of you guys have battled with loneliness in this season? Just feeling extremely alone. How many of you guys have maybe started battling with things you thought you conquered like addiction or old habits that seem to creep back in old thoughts that you're like, I thought I was over this. I thought I had already, um, how many of you guys have a hard time being on Instagram or like any social media? How many of you guys feel like maybe you can't hear God's voice that clearly anymore in this season? How many of you guys have felt afraid, depressed, or anxious? It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. And um, I think one of the things that I am always reminded of when we do these type of things is that when I see other people raise their hands or when I see, because this to me right now was the closest thing to church that I get. This to me makes me feel like I look around and I'm reminded like I'm still in a community. I'm still part of the human race, whatever people believe in. I don't care what walk, walk of life you come from or, or what you were brought up to believe. It makes me realize that as a human, we feel things. And I don't feel so lonely anymore. And I know God didn't make a mistake when he allowed us to feel things. And so I was thinking about when the difference for me, when I start to feel things, I like to sit in my feelings. And Genesis always has to tell me, Nikki, I need you to get out of your feelings. I'm much more, sometimes I get more stuck in my feelings than I do my faith. And that's very easy for me because I love to be sad or like, sometimes I'll just be driving and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this depressing song on because it's a mood. Like, ma'am, I need you to declare some life over yourself. Okay. Now's not the time we need to declare some life, but I am that person. I really am that person where sometimes I'm like, 
I love being in my feelings. And the problem with being in your feelings is that God doesn't operate in feelings. He operates in faith. God doesn't operate in in your heart. When we when we talk about, you know, we need to follow our heart. Yes, but you can only follow your heart if Jesus is in it. You can't just go following your feelings wherever the wind blows because then you, you're going to be lost. It's going to be a mess. And I can attest to that because there have been so many times where I think I know better, where I think I'm like, God, you actually don't know. So I'm going to let myself sit here. And God's like, if you would just have faith, you wouldn't have to sit in your feelings. So I started thinking about why is the stillness for us so uncomfortable right now? Why has it been, why is like, why is slow so uncomfortable for us? And as I started to think like, even outside of the church stuff, society now gives us something like Google. You can find answers right away. You have medicine that's gonna cure you right away. You're gonna pay off a loan right away. And here's five easy ways to do that right away. You're gonna lose weight right now with this one little pill. You're gonna get to find and date someone right now because we live in an instantaneous society. Everything is at the tip of your fingers. You can literally have access to anything you want. You want food? Get there in 20 minutes. You want a boyfriend? Go on Bumble. You wanna get instant cash? Just go to this app and we'll lend you $75 and we won't even tell you that the interest is also 75%. So now you owe us $800. It's It's instant, everything's instant. And so I started to think about why is it stillness makes us uncomfortable? Because it means that we have to slow down. It means that everything that you're comfortable having access to, it means that having instantaneous responses to things means you have to slow down and you have to trust God. Sitting doesn't mean you're being lazy. Sitting and being still is also a form and a posture of worship. Because when you slow down, you're saying, I trust you in this season. You're saying, I want to keep moving. Even though I want to keep doing things, I'm going to sit and be still and know that you are God. And so for me, I know I've been in, in this season where even before I had to really slow down, I was trying to fill up my time with things to do. And I had to really start analyzing why I was doing that. And not only did I have to analyze it, I would also realize that I was ending up so exhausted. Like things that, things that didn't even need so much, so much attention, I was exhausted after. And it reminds me of a time of when I moved to college, I was moving into my new dorm and my, there was a man at the dorm helping everybody move in their stuff. And so this man, you had to make a schedule with like the mover guys that were at our dorms. And this guy said, Hey, wait for me till three o'clock. I'm going to come back and help you at three. Don't move any of this stuff. This is really bit like big stuff. Don't move any of this stuff by yourself. All right, cool. So me just being impatient, I was like sitting there watching everybody else move into their dorms. And I'm like, I want to start decorating. I have a vision. I have an aesthetic. I want to execute it. Let's get this thing going. And so I'm watching him like help everyone else. So naturally I start moving my own stuff. When I tell you guys I was exhausted going up the first flight of stairs by myself with boxes I couldn't carry. And he saw me going up the stairs. He said, I told you to wait. And I said, I know, but by the time you finish, like my room's gonna be the last one. And I ended up messing up my back because I was carrying things I shouldn't have been carrying. Um, not only was my room the last one, it was the last one because he ended up leaving. He was like, okay, well, fine. You have it figured out. Had I just waited for someone who could carry the weight, 
I would have moved in a lot faster and I would have had somebody, I wouldn't have been hurt. I was gross and disgusting. I got calluses. I broke my nails. It was just a mess. I was like, this is not the way I was trying to start college. Like I look like a hot mess. And now the hot guys across on the other dorm don't even think I'm cute because I look atrocious. So it was just so many things. And I was thinking about that in this moment um, and thinking about how many times we do that with God. How many times God says, I want you to be still. I really want you to be still. And you see you see him moving in other people's lives. Well, how come they have their full set of furniture in there? Well, how come this is happening for them? How come this or that? And the reality is not only is God going to carry your load and not only is he going to do it faster, but he's going to do it the way it was supposed to have been done. And sometimes we try to carry that ourselves and we end up exhausted and we end up irritated and we end up lonely and we end up being angry at the wrong person. It's not God's fault that we decided to move when he asked us to sit. And so I was telling my sister this um, a few days ago and I got a chance to go to Zion this past weekend with um, my two sisters, Jessica, um, who's been one of my best friends for a really long time and my sister. And I was expressing to them that this has really been on my heart the last few months. This idea of stillness. What does stillness look like? And um, I had a dream about this a few weeks ago where I felt God tell me, come and sit. Come come and sit with me. And I pictured him on a bench with me. And I, if you don't know, my sister and I are a Christian duo. And um, 2019 was not the year I thought it was going to be in terms of like music. I thought we were going to produce more music. And in my mind, I'm very content driven. And I'm like, there needs to be content. There needs to be music. We need to push this out. We need to push this out. And that didn't happen in 2019. And so 2020 for me, in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, this is the year of clear vision. I see it. God's going to do something crazy. It's here. This is totally my year. 2020 is here. And two months into 2020, I was like, no, now it's even slower than last year. Now people aren't going to remember who my sister and I are. Now no one's going to listen to our music. Now our streams are going to go down. Now our content is going to be so old. And in my mind, all of these, all of these things were coming out of a place of fear because I didn't feel like I was going to be relevant anymore. I didn't feel like all the hard work I had put in in 2018 was going to mean anything. 2019 was already my dead year and 2020 is going to be even more dead. And so as a creative, that was killing me inside. And so I was even when the quarantine started, I was doing anything to keep the momentum going. I'm like, Genesis, you and I need to make videos and we need to be taking pictures and we need to be. And the reality is like, God was saying, I have you sitting down for a reason. I want you to slow down for a reason. There are parts of you that I need to heal before you push out new songs and new content. There are things that I'm trying to do in you and through you first. And I didn't realize how exhausted I was trying to push content out until God sat me down. He said, what are, what is the reason? What is your purpose behind that? And so when I had this dream a few weeks ago, in my dream, I had a dream that we were on a field and there was a giant track and he would tell me, be still. And I would say, but God, I can run this really fast. And I would run a lap and I would come and sit down. And he said, okay. I said, I need you to be still. And I would do another lap and I would come and sit down next to him just so I could say I sat next to him, but I was still do everything in between was me doing something. And so 
this dream keeps going on. And by the end of the dream, it's evening time. It's evening. And I, ha- I see myself sitting next to him and I'm dirty and I'm sweaty and I'm exhausted. My physical body's exhausted. And he looks at me and he says, you could have finished and you would have been fine to run this race, but sitting with me was a priority. And now we have to start all over again tomorrow. And now you're tired and now you're exhausted and now you're dirty. But the idea was for you to sit with me so that you could hear what I want you to do so I could train you. And for a long time, I wasn't understanding like, Lord, why do I have to sit? What is the point of me sitting here? And I realize now that the reason why all of this was uncomfortable for me was because, and even doing church is comfortable for us because we get to run from what God is trying to say. When you're in a big church and you're staying busy and you're doing all these things, you don't get a lot of alone time with God. You don't get a lot of alone time. So you start to fill in with things. And we get really good at filling in the space with things, 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 until you have to stop and you realize how actually disconnected you are from God until you realize I'm actually, I'm actually not near you at all. I actually don't know what your voice sounds like. I actually feel uncomfortable sitting with you because it's been such a long time since I've just sat with you and spoken to you and been broken in front of you. And so I feel like for a lot of people, the discomfort in this quarantine wasn't ever about a lockdown or wearing masks or doing things. It really came from a place of not wanting to sit with ourselves and look at the broken, ugly, dirty parts of ourselves. That's really what I feel like God has revealed to me in this season. And as I began to also meditate on that, I started to think about that dream and what it was that I was running from, what it was that I kept feeling exhausted from. And for me personally, and it might be something different for everyone here. For me, it kept feeling like all the things God had given me in this last season weren't going to be relevant next year or two years from now. And something I felt God tell me was when I give you a vision, when I give you a promise, it doesn't expire. When I give you something to do, it doesn't, in my case, it was a song. And I kept thinking, Lord, This song isn't going to mean anything in a few months or in a few weeks. It's going to be completely outdated. And when God began to whisper, the things that I give you don't have expiration dates on them. The things that I put in your heart don't have like you. When I tell you to sit, it's not time wasted with me. You know, when sometimes you have to go meet with someone or you have to do one of these mandatory Zoom meetings with your job, maybe you're working from home and you're like, oh, this is just a waste of 20 minutes. It's never a wasted 20 minutes, 20 days, 20 weeks when it's with God. And sometimes you look at your season and you think, how long is this going to last? I'm going to tell you something. If your season lasts for another week, if your season lasts for another two months, or if this is what life is going to look like for the next five years, I'm telling you something. It is not time wasted. This is preparation time for you and your family, for your mind, for your spirit. There is something happening in this season. Don't miss what God is doing in this season. Don't have your eyes fixed. Okay, well, what next, God? Okay, God, I know you're doing something here, but I'm going to look here because I feel like that's the end goal. That's where I see myself. Ultimately, your end goal should be wherever God is. Ultimately, wherever kingdom is, that's where you should want to be. And for a lot of us, that's uncomfortable because what does that really mean? So I don't have a definitive idea of what that means. And that's okay. You don't have to have it figured out. Part of the goodness of God is that you don't have to stress about what destiny looks like because he's already got it figured out. You're not strong enough to mess up what God has planned for you. What you will mess up is how long it's going to take you to get there. 
What you can potentially mess up is when you say no to something that God has asked you to say yes to. You can keep saying no and he's going to bring you right back to that bench and sit you down and be like, okay, we're going to start back up tomorrow until you just sit down. And tomorrow you might do the same thing. Okay, we're going to start tomorrow again until you just learn to be still and know that that's enough. That is enough. To be still is enough. I don't know who needs to hear that tonight. And I know a lot of this, I'm speaking this out of a place that I've been in. I had to be encouraged in this to know that I am enough even when I'm not doing anything. I am enough just to be a daughter or a son of the Most High King. And a lot of us have operated in this mentality of having a conditional relationship with God. Where If I do X, Y, and Z, then he's going to love me more. If I do this, this, and this, and I'm going to be the first one in line to heaven. That's not how God operates. One of his favorite things to do is sit with you in your brokenness. One of his favorite things to do is to see you come with all your pieces and be like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with any of this help. And he's like, finally, finally, you are asking me because I'm the only one who can do it. You've been trying to put these pieces together and it's not working and it's evident. And so again, I think just coming from this, having this realization that I was never really operating in the spirit of who God is. I was operating in fear. I was doing things out of fear. I was waking up early at seven, being at a church at 7 a.m. to serve because if I didn't, then I wouldn't be as much as a server as other people thought I was. Um, I would sing these songs and declare things because if I didn't declare them hard enough, then she must not really be a real, it's always with this expectation of what other people thought of me. And it wasn't until I sat down that I'm like, I don't even think I'm operating out of a place of like God being behind it. I think I've gotten so used to making this a job where like, okay, I'm going to do my Devo today and okay, I'm going to pray and okay, I'm going to worship because that's what you should do at the top of your morning, that it became more of a job than it did a relationship. I forgot how to just be the daughter. I, and I've mentioned this before, but I don't come from a strong background of knowing, having a strong relationship with my dad. And so in my mind, I kept categorizing God the same way I was categorizing my my, my my actual father and they're two very different relationships I always felt like it was conditional with my actual carnal father I always felt like I had to do these things to be relevant enough to be seen enough by him and God taught me in this season that you're enough just with who you are I am wildly in love with the parts of you that you keep trying to hide from me that you keep trying to be busy with I want to sit with you in this. And I started to realize that I was so deeply, deeply rooted in fear, even how I was conducting my relationships and just fear. So how do we, how do we, what, what, what is it about fear that is so pivotal in the season of stillness? Because when we go back to the title of this, like of this talk, Stillness makes us uncomfortable and it, and it gives us fear when we're isolated. We're afraid when we're divided. We're afraid when there's sickness. We're afraid when, we, when we're driving down the street and everything is closed around us and you're like, what's going to happen? What are jobs going to look like? Like, what is my life going to look like? My income, like my livelihood. Um, fear is loneliness. When you're sitting in your room and you're like, I'm alone right now. I have no one around me. Fear is um, the unfamiliarity and being confused. Um, but when you think about who, who drives fear, 
the machine of fear. It's Satan. And it always will be the enemy. You can't have peace and fear living at, living together at the same place. You can't have, you can't say you're afraid and also say, but I'm living in peace. No, you're not. And it's okay not to, but you have to identify where you're operating out of. And so why would, when I started to think about this and it was something I heard, one of the most declared and repeated commandments is do not fear. You see it on shirts. You see people will say, but don't fear. God is near. Don't, don't fear. Don't be afraid. And it's one of those things that until you're in a season of fear, you realize I'm actually really afraid. I'm actually really scared of what life is about to look like because I don't, there's no clarity. It's changing week by week. So why would God make that? So why would we repeat that? And why would God um, exceed that out of us to declare that? to declare peace and victory over fear because he knows how we are because we he knows that fear is the one thing that can kill dreams fear is the one thing that isolates us even more fear is what destroys destiny fear is what whispers to you at night and tells you that you can't do something when you are bound in fear when you are alone in fear when you have decided to sit on that bench by yourself and not recognize that god is near you and you want to sit in fear and in your feelings something begins to happen to your destiny something begins to happen to what god planted in your mind it doesn't mean it's not going to happen but because of fear because you're bound in fear it's going to take you a lot longer to get there and god never designed us to live in fear that's not his portion for you and that's not how god designed us to operate he never made you to be afraid to live your life he called you to be free and he called you to have victory in these seasons when we're when we're afraid and so when we have fear the the opposite of fear is courage what does courage look like courage looks like sitting when it's uncomfortable to sit courage looks like worshiping in silence not with music in the background to distract you from what you're feeling not around not in a church where you can look at everyone and you're like oh well, he's raising her hand and you know they're they're everyone's engaged courage looks like sitting and having honest conversations with God having the conversations of I don't see you right now I don't hear you anymore I I'm afraid for my health I'm afraid for my family God give me courage in this season give me courage in this season to be around these people at home every single day and to start working on my marriage. Father, give me courage to start addressing things that I've been running from. God, give me courage to to really start mending my relationship with my parents because now I'm I'm sitting here and I'm able to do it, but I haven't wanted to do it because I've always been busy. Because I've always been more comfortable in my busy seasons. And so when we sit, it doesn't exhaust us. it doesn't exhaust us when you really sit when you really take time to sit on that bench it's to rest it's to rest and i wonder how many of us are still feeling tired because we just won't rest maybe some of us don't know what rest even looks like anymore maybe some of us thought we were resting and you're still waking up feeling completely exhausted like why am i so tired i didn't do anything yesterday because your mind is still going places it doesn't need to be going 
because you're still declaring these things over yourself every day because when someone calls you and they say hey how are you oh i can't stand this anymore i am over it i am tired i am broke i don't know what's going to happen when you begin to declare these things over yourself every day how do you expect your spirit to feel strong or victorious i don't care if you have to fake it till you make it when someone calls you and even if you're feeling some type of way how are you feeling God's goodness is all around me. Sometimes you don't even have to believe what you're saying, but when your tongue begins to confess things and and you begin to declare things not only over yourself but over your home, over your environment, where the enemy has no choice but to bow down to what you're saying because the same power that was in Jesus is in you. So when you declare things, things have to go. Things have to go. And I know that sounds really extreme. Maybe somebody's on here like, "I have no idea what she's talking about. She's talking about declaring things." Again, you don't have to be a believer. This is for anyone. You can be a human being. You can be a human being and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, like I don't have a relationship with Christ. I don't even think I'm that strong in my walk with Christ. Or I just I've known him since last night. I accepted Jesus last night and I'm I'm not even 24 hours into this thing. The power that lives in Christ lives in you. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you believe. That same power is in you. That's the God that we serve that he would create you with the same power to have authority over your seasons and over your mind and over your environment where you could speak things out loud. You don't have to de- you don't have to quote these things from from the Bible and know everything, but what you can do is Father, I need you right now. I don't feel peace, but I speak peace into this home right now. You know what? I really feel like maybe maybe taking a a hit of what i whatever i used to get me high before or maybe i want to look at some pornography or you know it wouldn't really matter if i just drank right now because no one's around and i'm feeling so but instead of that i need help you don't even have to say god god can hear you loud enough to know that you're talking to him i just need help right now in this season god i feel really alone right now father i just need you to hear me and i think we've underestimated the power of self prayer the power of self declaration the reason why we were so comfortable as in, in a church was because somebody was doing it for us because we would go we would say hi to your neighbor and pray for somebody you always felt but you never took a second to do that for yourself you never took a second to declare those things over yourself you're really good at declaring things over other people and encouraging other people but you get home completely tired and depleted because you can't even declare that over yourself So before you do that in other people's lives, you have to know that that is something that you have to possess in your own life. That God wants that same victory and breakthrough for you the same way you want that breakthrough and victory for somebody else. And so I was I I've just I feel like this has been something that 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 I've I've really had to learn in this season and I'm not saying this because I have it figured out. It is a day-to-day process for me. It is a day-to-day choice to say I'm going to make a choice today to be victorious. I'm exhausted. I feel sad that I'm not with people. I'm a very sensitive person and I can tell you right now, I can't even be on Instagram for too long because I get off depleted. I get off complete I'm like heartbroken at what the church has become, at what humans have become, the lack of humanity. I have to set limits for myself. I know that that can't be the first thing I see in the morning because then I'm depressed for the rest of the day and that's just me being real with y'all. I know that that's not the tone I want to set for the rest of my day. 
So creating new habits of, okay, instead of going on Instagram first, let me lay here for five minutes at least, play some worship so that I can get in the mindset of what I need to conquer today. Before I get on Instagram, let me sit here and declare something over myself. Today, I'm going to have a victorious day because that's what God has called me to do. If I have to repeat that 10 times to myself, and if these are the things that you have to start doing to see not only breakthrough, but rest in your mind, rest in your spirit, rest in how you operate, that you, those are things that you can do. Those are things that you have access to. And it doesn't make you a weak person to say, I need to rest. Hey, well, well, you should be doing more. You know what? I'm taking a season of rest. Hey, I noticed that you're not as work any, or at, at work as much anymore and you're not producing as much or your numbers have gone down or your sales have gone down. Yeah, I'm taking a season of rest. I just, you know, this is the first time I'm working on my mental health, on my spiritual health. Hey, I noticed you don't, you're not hanging out with those people anymore. I just needed some rest. It's okay to say you need rest. It doesn't make you a weak person to need rest, especially if it's going to reflect in your spirit, especially if every day you're just going day by day exhausted. That's not how God created you to operate. And so there was something I heard Bill Johnson say, and he referenced Isaiah 54, 14, and and he was talking about the spirit of fear and how it can really bind us. And the verse he quoted was, you will be far from oppression. You shall not fear. And what he was explaining is, it's not being afraid that helps you not be oppressed. So the act of not being afraid is actually what keeps us from not being oppressed. It's not that you're far from oppression because there's no fear. There's fear there. But when you have no fear, you cannot be oppressed. So I don't know if I know for me, it took me a second to realize what that was saying. And so the act of being oppressed can only happen if you are afraid. You cannot be afraid and be oppressed or be and not be oppressed. But when you are fearless in something, there's no way oppression can get to you. That's what freedom looks like. And so what casts out fear? Perfect love. Perfect love. Perfect love comes from just sitting and knowing who you belong to. Perfect love comes from just being still. Perfect love comes from creating a relationship, not a religion with not not a religion with God, a relationship with God. And so I just wanted to encourage someone and tell you that I don't know where some of you guys are coming from. I and I and I really feel like I'm not alone when I say that. I have felt a lot of times in the season just completely forgotten by God. There have been moments where I'm like, I don't see you. I don't hear you. I keep praying and I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not experiencing you like I used to. And my experience, I can say now confidently, my experience of who God is and what the Holy Spirit feels like is very different than what it looked like six months ago because I've had to really press in and I've had to. I had to really start listening for God's voice again because it was never really God's voice speaking to me the last few months. It was me telling myself what to do. And it wasn't until I sat that I had to really face what God's voice was telling me. And one of the most uncomfortable things that he was telling me was like, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I didn't know how to receive I love you without doing act behind it. I didn't know how to feel loved without feeling like, okay, well, he's only going to love me if I'm serving at church and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm putting on food drives and clothes drives and putting, it's like, God's like, I love you just for who you are. I love you for just who you are. And 
I hope tonight somebody knows. I hope somebody really receives the fact that you are enough and that you are loved all by yourself. You are enough for who you are. And so that's pretty much all I wanted to share. I hope that's encouraged somebody tonight. And I hope I hope you I hope that really spoke and resonated with someone's spirit and that you go home tonight or that you're at home tonight knowing that you have the authority to speak truths over yourself and that that's God's portion for you because he loves you. But yeah. Amen. Y'all give it up for Nikki Olguin. Woo! Well, you guys can do it for better than that. So just for a couple minutes, um, does anybody have uh, any input or feedback on what Nikki shared tonight? Um, <clears throat> we have a couple minutes. so I'll say one, something. One or two. Okay, Heather, go ahead. <laughs> um, Man, Nikki, that hit home. I'm trying not to cry now. I'm trying not to cry then, but... Um, you know, when Daniel and I started, uh, church, um, he was in recovery and one of the biggest things was to serve or to be busy, to get out of your mind. Um, and I latched onto that for like four years and, you know, I always use the quote, an unfed mind, um, devours itself. And so mm-hmm. when I'm not stimulated, I just go down rabbit holes and I just get so far in my head, yeah. um, before church closed uh, mama sheila actually kept every day after church she'd be like girl you gotta go sit with god and i was like what are you talking about like i'm here every single day i'm doing what i should be doing as a christian right i'm showing up first i'm leaving last like and she always kept saying that and i really didn't know what that meant until quarantine started mm-hmm. and you're just stuck with like yourself and you know, being busy for four years, you're like, oh, there was a few things I didn't address along the way and things that I needed to like look in the mirror and just really address. But, you know, like you said, like the, the Holy Spirit and God sounds so different. It's, he's so much more powerful now in this stillness. Um, stillness is not easy for me. I'm a runner, not a walker. So I'm like, just give me something and let's go. And so tonight was just so on point. I just, I thank you. Um, I like, I know it sounds morbid, but I like hearing that someone else has struggled with me and that I'm not alone in, um, just how hard it is to be still, but then just the beauty of God when he shows up and he's like, see, (laughs) like you've been running this whole time. All I wanted you to do was sit down so I could love you and heal you. And then, okay, now we're ready to go serve again. Now we're ready to go do big things. So I know I just choked that entire conversation, but (laughs) thank you. That was awesome. I'm glad. I'm really, really glad. And you know, Heather, if there's something I can encourage you with, it's been one of my favorite moments this past weekend in Zion was sitting with my two best friends, my sisters, Jessica and Genesis, and we were around a kitchen table and the way the Holy Spirit flooded that room. And it's an encounter I haven't felt in a long time. And I sometimes would serve from the platform and I would see people getting their breakthroughs and I kept wondering like, when is it gonna be my turn? How come everyone else is getting a breakthrough and I'm not feeling it? I'm here every Sunday. And I'm here midweek service and I go to rehearsals and I do all these things and I don't get breakthrough like they get breakthrough. How come? And it's been in this season where God's just been like, because I just wanted to spend some time with you. 
because you started replacing my voice with your expectations and I don't operate in your expectations. I operate when you're sitting with me and you're still, I love the moments where I know you want to run, but I think the same way we appreciate when God comes and sits next to us, I can, I really think God just appreciates us as his children when we go and also sit with him. When we say, hey, dad, I really want to run, but I also just want to take some time with you. I think that just really delights his heart. And I can tell because I hear him differently. He doesn't sound like a megaphone ordering me to do things. He sounds like the gentle whisper of like, hey, you're enough. Hey, I'm with you. Fear not for I am with you. So that resonates with me, Heather. I really, really am so glad you shared. And as a runner, I know where you're coming from. So yes, I love you. And I'm glad that, that I'm glad that spoke to you. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? One more person. Can I share? Yeah. Okay. At the beginning of quarantine, uh, well, first actually, Nikki, thank you for this message. Cause that hit home big time. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of quarantine, I remember, and I, relate this back to um, church and work because I was serving in church and doing my thing and my schedule was literally Monday to Saturday work Sunday was church and going to my mom's Mm -hmm. and just like Heather and you guys said like I'm go 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 never rest never do nothing I don't stop it got to the point where my rest at home was being interrupted because I was always just go 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 I didn't know what it looked like to just sit down and even just be with God. Just like you said, like I didn't know what God's voice sounded like. I would be in church doing my thing, talking to God and feeling what I thought was God. But then quarantine happened and he's like, no, I'm going to really show you. And then in this month that came, um, I had that moment of fear, big time fear, where I didn't know what was going to happen with work because two of my bosses decided they just wanted to take off on vacation. And they're like, here you go, deal with it. And I was like, wait, like what's about to happen? Like, how am I gonna get work? I'm gonna replace, I need to do this. I need to talk to this person, I need to go here. I need to see what my schedule's gonna be like until God was like, stop, stop. He used people to literally tell me to stop. And the moment he told me to stop, I was like, oh, okay. But I was still scared. And I was like, I need to find my peace with this because I'm always go, go, go. And it wasn't until this month hit that I finally was like, okay, on this day, this is when everyone's going to be gone. Now, what am I going to do? And then I had my moment of, of my broken silence where I sat there and I was like, God, where are you? I don't feel you. I don't see you. I'm trying. I'm being in my stillness, but I still don't feel you. And then it wasn't until I sat down on my bed and just sat. And I said, I'm just going to listen. I didn't have the TV on. I put my phone away. I turned off everything. I put away every distraction. And I sat there and I broke and I cried. And God was like, I just want you to chill and relax. And for the first time, and Danny um, Danny told me this one time in a conversation, he's like, God, I just want you to to just sit still and be quiet. And I was like, okay, I'm going to embrace it. And this whole month, I've been able to enjoy and just be still mm-hmm. and hear God and see things. And I didn't know things were going to happen in this quiet moment. And finally, I'm like, okay, okay, I get it now. Yeah. And it's still scary, but it's I'm finally at my point. 
where I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to rest. Yeah. And he's forced me to sit down and stop. Yeah. That's yeah. so bad. That's amazing. Beautiful. Well, y'all give it up for Nikki one more time, please. Because she killed it tonight. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Before Jordan prays us out, I just want to let you guys know that um, this will be on our podcast next week. Um, So if you need to hear it again or you need to share it with a friend, um, and Nikki does not get paid for it, so I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am excited, too, that um, her sister, Genesis Olguin, will be... Oh, sorry, I didn't mute myself. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> she will be um, sharing next week. So that's going to be uh, pretty amazing as well. So I, I, I'm excited for everybody that joined tonight. Um, Jordan, can pray us out? <clears throat> yeah, Nikki, that was amazing. It's so good to see you. I miss you. I miss everybody. Um, I missed one week last week because my dog had surgery, and there's so many new faces. And my heart was like overjoyed to see all these new names. I don't know many of you, but um, it's great to see you guys here. So I do want to take a moment and ask if anybody needs prayer or there's something on your heart um, that you need us to pray for, stand in prayer for you. Um, I would love to do that. If you want to share now, I'll give you a few moments. If it's something more private, maybe you don't want to share it out loud. Um, you can text the word pray to the number that's in the chat, it's 714-844-1222. Again, that's in the chat. But does anybody have anything they would like us to pray for right now? Give you a um, I could use just a little prayer um, for myself in regards to healing and one personal request for my friend Jazz and her family. Okay, absolutely. Anybody else? All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this night. I thank you for this week. Thank you for the message that Nikki was able to give. God, I pray that right now we would all just soak that in in the way we were meant to hear it, in the way we were meant to hear you through it, God. I thank you that this is a family, this is a community, that we're the support that we have for each other in this season of what's almost supposed to be isolation, Father God. I pray that we would come to lean on you more than we've ever leaned on you before to reach a new depth in our relationship with you. Father God, Lord, we just want to stand in agreement right now for healing over Vanessa, Father God. The healing that needs to take place in her mind, her body, um, her life, Father God, Lord, that you would do that right now, that it's happening in this very moment, Lord. We believe it. We stand in agreement for it. And we're going to lift up her friend Jazz as well, Father God, and her family, Lord, that your hand would be on them, God, that you would be guiding them, healing them, bringing them together in a new way. We thank you, God, for the things that you're doing for the things you're teaching us and the way that you're going before us and everything we do, God. Uh, We just praise you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.